I'm 19 years old now, and this all took place when I was 11 or 12 years old. I've lived in Florida my entire life, born and raised here, and for the most part, the people are really lovely here. That is, as long as it's still daylight. The night crowd is far less hospitable, and unfortunately, that is what my story is about. It was around 7 at night when my friends asked if I wanted to go fishing. Excited, I said sure. It sounded like a great time, you know, going night fishing with my buddies. My mother let me go, and I was really excited to fish on this pond near some apartments where we lived at. This decision, however, was a huge mistake. After getting our gear into a smallish red wagon, we then set off across the street to go into our nighttime adventure. We made jokes and cracks about gators in the pond, and the fishing itself was a blast. The part where it stops being so great was on the way back home when we took a long way home. Why would we do this, you may ask? We were kids and friends, and if you know one thing about friends as kids, you always want to hang out as long as possible, and you'll use any excuse to do it. The sun had already set, and I was walking slightly ahead of my friends, who I'll call Chris and Tommy. Chris was pulling the wagon, and Tommy was close by him, and we were all just chatting it up. That is, when I turned around to add to the conversation, but soon after, had noticed a silhouette of a man about 40 feet behind us. I was a bit unsettled and surprised, as all that was down here was grass and fences, and no one ever took this way. I informed Chris and Tommy that someone was following us, but they brushed it off, not believing me at first. I imagined that they thought that I was just trying to scare them and just get them to look behind them. I kept insisting that someone was following behind us, and then they finally got the hint and looked behind us. It was at this point that I realized the silhouette of a man was now only 25 feet behind us. My friends' faces all grew pale and even more filled with fear as suddenly the man began running towards us. I yelled for them to run, and when looking back, I had finally saw our stalker's face. I will never forget this face so long as I live. He was in his mid-40s average height, and he had the most terrifying angry-looking face that I've ever seen. We slid through a fence and into an unknown neighborhood before pounding on the first door that we found. An older gentleman opened the door and had asked what was wrong. After telling him our story, he had told us to hide behind his car and he'd find this man and talk to him. Now, the man was gone for maybe about seven minutes, but it felt like hours when he finally returned. He then explained to us that the guy who saw our wagon thought that we stole something from him. The older man didn't seem to believe the guy's story, though, and neither did we. We returned home, and we never told our parents anything about it. We were just way too afraid we'd get in trouble if we did. We never went night fishing again. My name is Lee, and I'm 27 and a male. In my free time, I will often go fishing with my friends. My dad had ran a small but successful fishing business. When my father had passed, I didn't just inherit the company, but I also inherited his favorite boat, which just so happens to be an Azimut 53. Although it wasn't actually a fishing boat, he had brought it because we spent so much time at sea. He wanted us to have a very comfortable boat. 
For those of you who don't know about the Azimuth 53, it's a luxurious boat often just used for yacht purposes. Now, for the story to make sense, I must explain the layout of the boat. So, you start with a hydraulic bathing platform, and on the platform to the left is a door to the crew cabin, but I mostly use it to store my fishing gear. On the right, there are steps leading up to the cockpit area. Straight on the left is a table, and an L-shaped sofa, and then opposite the sofa, there's a wet bar area, and then to the left of the bar is the side deck leading to the bow. On the bow, there's some more seating, as well as some joint sun beds. Going back to the cockpit area, to the right, there are some more steps leading to the flybridge. Opposite the flybridge controls is another wrap of seating and a table. Now remember this detail. From the seating on the flybridge, you can see the whole back of the boat. So if you're paying attention to your surroundings, no one will be able to sneak on board. To the right of the helm station is a small grill and sink. Now moving on to the inside, there happens to be a door that slides across that can be locked. As you move inside to the kitchen, to the right is an oven, and there's also a work surface that I use for bait when fishing. And then to the left of the kitchen is the fridge sink, and my food work surface, and a stove. Anyways, now on to the story. I would normally travel for an hour, heading south down in the English Channel, but I decided to adventure a bit more. So I invited my best friend Logan, and we traveled south like normal. Once we got to our normal fishing location, we decided we would travel south for another hour. As we came to a stop, we decided we would fish here. So Logan set up the fishing gear while I prepared the bait. We set up chairs and then fished for the day. Around 8 o'clock, we had packed up, and we then moved inside, with me and Logan deciding to make sushi but it went horribly wrong. We had the equipment, but it was the first time attempting to make sushi, so we ended up just heating up a couple of burgers that I had in the freezer. We then sat down and watched TV. At around 11 o'clock, Logan decided to turn in for the night, so he told me goodnight and then went to his cabin. I decided to clean the kitchen before heading to bed. Just as I was about to go to bed, I had heard a faint rumble. Now at first, I thought it was just the water splashing onto the boat. I peered out of the window, but I couldn't see more than about 10 meters. The sound suddenly stopped. I brushed it off, but it had me creeped out a bit. I fell asleep sometime around 12. At about 2.30 in the morning, I woke up to a faint knock, so I turned on my side, thinking it was nothing, and I heard yet another knock. I once again turned to face the window, and what I saw almost made me shit myself. I then saw the feet of someone walking past the windows towards the cockpit area. I got up, and I then went into the kitchen, grabbing my bait knife. Now, the curtains were actually closed, so the person couldn't see me unless they were on the bow looking through the driver windows. I had heard this person try to open the cabin door, but thank God I had locked it. Very suddenly, I heard a deep, croaky voice. I know you're in there, and I'm coming in one way or another. He starts to kick the sliding glass door, and I shout for Logan to wake up. Logan comes in half asleep, asking what's wrong. I then tell him someone's trying to break in. I pass him the knife, and then sprint to the helm. I then turn the engines on, and I start to head back towards my port. 
The man stopped kicking the door and then ran down to the bathing platform, and we hear a splash. Logan went outside, and he saw him desperately swimming for a large object that must have been his boat. Logan came back inside, and we decided to head all the way back to the port. Once we got there, we went back to sleep, and then in the morning, we had finally headed home. We still talk about the incident sometimes. The only scary thing is how the low rumbling I heard must have been his boat, which means he was hanging around for more than three hours. Me and Logan agreed that the only reason he jumped off the ship was because he didn't want to leave his own boat. We looked at the door, and we saw how damaged it was by the looks of it. If the man had gave it one more big kick, it would have actually shattered to pieces. I sometimes wonder what would have happened if he had actually succeeded in breaking the door. I was very young during this story, so it may be jumbled up and out of order. My family had known about a special fishing spot along a road with a forest on both sides of the road, making it just a little creepy. I was about seven at the time, and me, my father and mother, three cousins, baby sister and younger brother, all decided to go hornpout fishing. If you don't know what that is, it's during the night, and hornpout is just catfish fishing. The actual fishing spot was tucked into a hidden trail by a thick patch of trees and bushes, but it was still thin enough you could walk through and see the streetlights through. We had parked on the opposite side of the entrance to the trail, with a clear view of the lake through an open patch of trees. After setting up fishing, we had a good few hours of fishing before we finally set off to go home. I don't actually remember if we caught anything, but it was still fun nonetheless. But anyways, as we're heading home, we're all walking in a single file line down the slightly long trail, the view of the road completely obstructed by the thick but thin line of trees and bushes, the streetlight shining through and helping us see along the way. My mother and my oldest cousin, who I shall keep anonymous, were at the back, and they had suddenly noticed something in the patch of trees closest to the road. The next thing I know, we were all being rushed out, as what had been noticed was some kind of dog-like creature. As soon as we had sped up, it had started darting throughout the trees, trying to circle around in front of our group and growling while it ran. My mother had just noticed its eyes and started shouting. We were all now shoving to get into the vehicle. Luckily, whatever this thing was never followed us out, and it had actually stopped just where the patch of trees had ended. But according to my mom, it had been the size of a very large dog, and sometimes we still wonder, what would have happened if we hadn't made it out just in time? This is a pretty cool story that we occasionally bring up, but it's still creepy hearing about it, as almost every child was crying, and even my own father was freaked out. To this day, we still don't know if it was a dog, or something more, but I'm very glad we never found out. This is not my personal story, but one that my aunt told me about. It was the early 2000s, and I was a small child at the time, and my aunt had set off with my other aunt for a fishing trip in Arkansas. On their way there, they had stopped at the local store for snacks and drinks. They got their business done in the store, and were on their way once again. They arrived at the boat ramp around 2.30pm and set up their fishing gear. They fished for hours, catching a few fish, 
but mostly just passing the time talking. They talked and talked until nightfall started to set in. Thinking they should probably pack up and head out, they began to gather their fishing gear and then pack up. Before they reached the vehicle, a white sedan pulled in into the boat ramp parking area, and my oldest aunt could make out two figures in the vehicle. Instead of proceeding, they hid behind some rocks and had watched them closely, waiting for them to get out. Almost positive that the people in the car hadn't seen them, they stayed behind those rocks, then contemplating on what they should do. From the angle they were at, they could tell that the car had the driver's side door blocked. They sat there a while longer, waiting on the car to pull out of the parking lot, but it never did. So with barely any service, my oldest aunt managed to get a hold of my uncle and then tell him about the mysterious white car hindering them from getting in and leaving. With no hesitation, being the big badass that my uncle is, he was on his way. Several minutes had passed by, but eventually, my aunt could now see the headlights of my uncle then pulling into the ram parking area. About the time he stepped out, he had a pistol on his hip, and that's when the white car roared to life and sped the hell out of there. In relief, my two aunts shaken up from the experience came out from behind the rocks. They wanted to follow the car, but with no knowledge of which direction it went, they decided not to, and just reported the incident to the authorities. Nothing else ever came of this incident, and I've since grown up and moved from my home state. I live in North Carolina now, and I've had a few of my own scary encounters as well. I don't think about what happened all those years ago a lot, but sometimes I wonder what would have happened had my two aunts tried to get into their vehicle, and what sinister ideas the two in the car had planned. This is actually two stories in one. The main story happened less than 20 minutes ago at about midnight. I was out doing some late night fishing at a small but deep hole on the side of a state road near my house. Every time I fish here at night by myself, I always worry about what would have happened or what I would do if someone were to pull up next to me, but it's never happened until now. A quick detour for the second story. I wasn't always like this. I used to fish by myself in the middle of the night all the time and without a care in the world. But there was one night about 10 years ago, which perhaps merits its own post, but I'll slide it in here and include it in this story anyways. I was fishing off a seawall next to a bridge and a car pulls over next to me. It was two young men, but they were older than I was at the time, and they got out. They walked up to me casually and asked if I was catching anything. I told them no, not really, and I wasn't really at all suspicious of them. I thought they were going to fish and just thought they would ask if I was having any luck or not before pulling their own gear out. The bridge was a popular fishing spot. I was sitting on the cement seawall with my feet dangling over the edge. One of the men then suddenly shoves me off the seawall right into the water. They both grab my fishing gear and then take off in their car. The fall was only about seven feet or so, if I had to guess, but it was enough that I couldn't lift myself out of the water and up the cement wall. I had to swim around it to where the water was more shallow so that I could actually climb up the wall. My mom had dropped me off that night, and I was supposed to call her to come pick me up later in the night, but my cell phone had gotten wet, and it wouldn't work. To make matters worse, 
I was also a smoker at the time, and my cigarettes had also gotten wet. And as you can imagine, I really needed a cigarette. I didn't know what to do except to just sit there until eventually my mom drove up randomly. She was absolutely furious until I then explained what happened. I really shudder whenever I think about how I, or hell, anyone else they did this to could have died. These people had no idea whether or not I knew how to swim, and apparently, they didn't care. If they had seen on the news the next day that I had drowned under the bridge, would they put two and two together? Would they even care? Even if you assume that everyone's a strong swimmer, the person could have hit their head and be unconscious. There were so many rocks under that seawall. And for what? $50 of cheap fishing gear? Anyways, ever since this night, which was 10-ish years ago, I've always been more cautious when I'm alone at night. So now back to what actually happened tonight, which actually triggered me to send this. I had luckily just finished up and loaded my car back up with all of my gear. I was actually sitting in my car and making an Instagram post showing the fish I caught. A couple of yellow bullhead catfish and some bluegill. I was trying to quickly write the post and then head home, so I was deep into the world of my phone, not really paying attention to anything else. Something causes me to then look up and out my driver's side window. I then see that there's this pickup truck just sitting there that I didn't even hear pull up. It has one of those big steel frame structures all around the bed of the truck. I don't know what they're called, but I associate them with hunters or trappers. I have no idea whatsoever if that's an accurate association or not. I do feel like I've seen them though, or something similar, and they're usually holding kennels with dogs, so maybe that's where I got the idea. I then see that there's this stereotypical chubby redneck mullet type of guy, and he's looking in my window at me, almost smiling a creepy smile. He was the passenger. I did not and could not look past him to the driver. I have no idea how long they were sitting there. I very quickly debated winding my window down and asking what they want, but I decided to settle on just putting my car into drive, driving around their truck, and then down the street. I was so freaked out that I didn't want to immediately go home. I went somewhere else and pulled over, looking around to see if they were anywhere to be seen, and then I actually went back to the fishing spot to see if they were still sitting there or not. I didn't pull over. I just drove by. They weren't there anymore. It will always drive me crazy wondering why the hell they pulled over. Did they have something planned? Were they just curious? Did they want to help? Well, I have to worry about seeing them around town after driving off on them like that. I realize that my reaction is not completely fair. They could have been pulling over to fish as well. I mean, it is literally a fishing hole on the side of the road. It's probably about the size of a dining room or something. They could have been pulling over to see if I needed help. Who knows? All I know is, I was thinking that if I wind the window down to find out what they want, I could potentially end up with a gun right in my face for all I know. Then I could not get a chance to drive off. So I decided to drive off without acknowledging them in any way, just so I didn't miss my chance. Even now, I worry about the fact that my car has some slightly identifying marks. Nothing crazy noticeable, but just some small stickers in the window, and I really wonder if I pissed them off by driving off like that, and if they live around here. What if my wife meets up with them sometime? What if she has my daughter with her? Am I being paranoid? 
I just don't know. I'm still a little freaked out about it. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone, and remember, to always, stay.